Hello, everyone. Welcome back to What the Deaf podcast. We are so thrilled to have Stephanie Noguidas here with us today. She is a deaf female actress in the entertainment industry, and we are so excited to hear all of your experiences, your journey, and what it's like to be an actress. Before we dive into all of our fun and curious questions, we want to get to know you more. So if you can expand on your background and what made you decide to become an actress. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to go ahead and thank you both so much for having me here today. Really, I love this podcast, video cast. (laughs) I genuinely enjoy watching all of your videos and I share them with my family, with my ASL students. You know, I send it to people who I think would learn a lot and would enjoy the video just like I do. So thank you so much for making this happen today. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. But I'm going to go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Stephanie and this is my name sign. So really, uh, how I became an actress was honestly an accident. (laughs) Just to let you know, it really was an accident. I never really planned at all. No point did I think I was going to become an actress at all. Because really, I was a very, you know, shy person. I was in my own world, (laughs) my imaginary world, I guess, with my thoughts and my fantasies. And it sounds a lot like make-believe, yeah, but no point at all did that turn into me wanting to become an actress you know I was shy (laughs) but even though I was shy I wanted to help people and I thought that the best route for me would be become a counselor and for a long time I genuinely wanted to do that as a way to help the deaf community in relation you know to drug problems or family issues or even really just talk therapy I wanted to be there for them that was my goal you know because we see a lot of mental health issues and emotional health issues. And those services typically aren't available to deaf individuals. And because of that, you can see how that affects them in their development. And, you know, that was my goal, but my life ended up shifting while I was over in college at RIT. And while I was at RIT, they had really fun, like, clubs. (laughs) I joined this organization that was called Tiger's Next Top Model. It's pretty similar to that TV show, America's Next Top Model. You know, it was pretty popular. (laughs) And when I saw that club before I joined, I thought it was going to be difficult because I'm really big on studying. You know, I was a very diligent student for as long as I can remember, honestly, from elementary school all the way through high school. It was something that I was really extremely diligent, but I thought it was time to let loose and have some fun. So I went ahead and I joined and I've always loved photography work, you know, growing up, it was something that I did. So I went ahead and I joined and we have, we had rounds like photography rounds. And once those were done, we'd post those on Facebook. And that's where uh, this woman who was in Los Angeles saw my work. It was on Facebook. And after seeing my work, she went ahead and contacted me through Messenger. And can you imagine that someone who you are not familiar with, someone who is a stranger contacting you, asking if you're interested in modeling? Or, you know, asking you if you're interested in moving to Los Angeles? Like, that's awkward, right? That's awkward. And I was really resistant. I went ahead and I let her know that I was in college and that's what I was focusing on. And I was just doing that for fun. But, you know, she accepted, but she was still watching my stuff for years. I want to say it was three years later. And at that time I was dating my ex, my ex-boyfriend at the time, but he was actually really interested in acting. He was an actor. 
And I had known that that's what he wanted to do professionally for a really long time. And I knew that the best option would be moving to Los Angeles so that he could find work. But I just, you know, kept going with the flow of things. And at some point, that woman for Los Angeles ended up being his manager. (laughs) And she went ahead and told me that there was a role she thought was perfect for me on uh, the show Switched Up Earth because they were looking for a deaf actress and they were having auditions. And I thought, well, I do watch the show. Seems like a fun thing to do. I was contemplating for a while, you know, the logistics of flying from Iowa. Um, and I ended up having a discussion with my mom about it. And she's Puerto Rican, mind you. So she was like, what are you talking about? Ah, who is that woman? What's going on? She was telling me I can't go alone and that she had to come with me. And I was so thankful. I was so thankful for the support. And I was so thankful that she didn't say no. It meant so much to me. It genuinely did. And my poor mom, she was overwhelmed, you know. She was like, my daughter going to Los Angeles by herself. What is she going to do? How is she going to navigate things, you know? Renting a car and a hotel and all of those different things. You know, a map. I had never been to California. Neither of us had been to the West Coast. So... But it was a really exciting thing to look forward to. I was so ready to check that off my list of things that I've done. Like, and mind you, it wasn't my goal at that point to be an actress either. It was just for fun. And I want to say it was in the morning. I think it was the morning that we flew to Los Angeles. We ended up getting there. And then after getting there, it was a real culture shock, you know, trying to figure out, you know, looking on my map, trying to get to where I was supposed to go. And, you know, once we got there, went into the room with all of these other deaf actors who had no idea who I was. And I had no idea who they were. It was like a, why are you here? Kind of stare. It was really strange, but I was smiling. I walked in. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Gosh, I think about it. What was my thought process at that point? Uh, Yeah, I went in and I auditioned, signed my lines. And once that was done, I was on my way. I think it was two days later that they got me, that they let me know that I got the role. (laughs) And I was so confused. I I had a conversation with my mom about it, about the fact that I actually got the role. And she was like, well, what are you going to do about college? Like, well, your boyfriend, yeah, I guess it's a good idea for you two to move to LA together was what she had told me. And I figured that that seemed like life was working out. You know, our paths were kind of matching up to the same place and time. I, but really after that point, I was overwhelmed though. That was a, dramatic life change. And, you know, my goal of becoming a counselor was being put on hold. I had to put it away into the closet and just feel guilty. Honestly, I felt so guilty because, and I, it's because I know that that role is really important for the deaf community to this day. I still feel really bad about it, but you know, that's kind of how I became an actress. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. I love that story. So I'm curious when you got the role on Switched at Birth, that show is very deaf-centered. And I'm assuming they were accessible. They had an ASL consultant because the storyline talks about the deaf community. So now shifting gears to the different shows you're a part of that are not deaf-centered and you had a part in, was your experience different than Switched at Birth? Was it difficult? Was it challenging? Or what was your experience like? That was a great question. So on Switched at Birth, it was honestly easy because the access was already there, especially in season two. They already knew how to do everything. You went on to set and everything was available to all of us. It was really nice. It was such a safe set. It was so great. 
And I didn't really have to think about how tough it must be for deaf people in the past, like in Hollywood, right? In comparison to other jobs that I've had with like a hearing cast, a hearing crew, and they don't know really how to provide access or they're a little more ignorant about it. It's a lot more work for me. You know, that's when I have to, you know, roll up my sleeves and get ready. And I really had to learn how to be patient, you know, to be able to have these conversations. I learned not to be offended by what people told me because they really just don't know. I just let them know what they say isn't okay. And then we go from there. But I really learned how to have these relationships first so that we're able to have these comfortable conversations where I can give them advice or educate them. And I'm used to it because I grew up in a hearing family. You know, I went to mainstream school and then I went to a deaf school and I went to RIT. So I went back and forth between the hearing world and the deaf world. And it made me kind of a peacemaker, I feel. I had a lot of people tell me that I'm great at, you know, mediating situations or reading the room. And so far it's worked out for me. I've worked on a bunch of different shows and I haven't really had any issues. I mean, there are a few like miscommunications. Like just recently while I was in New York, I had an older gentleman that got very stuck in his ways. You know, he thought deaf meant disabled, hearing impaired, this, that meant that they needed help with everything. And that was when I had to step in and tell them like, hey, I'm pretty able to do things myself. I noticed that with the younger generation, I don't really have that issue. They're able to understand what I'm saying, accept like what I'm trying to explain to them in comparison to the older Hollywood generation who are very like my way, which, you know, it's interesting to see the difference between the two groups. And then also that idea of the word disability, disabled in general, you know, deaf people have their own feelings about that word. Some are proud to say that they are disabled. Others say that I don't have a disability at all. It really just depends on the person. And I think that it's interesting also with able-bodied people, right? That their connotation of the word is negative, whereas others it's positive. So it feels like it's my responsibility to let them know like, you don't need to have a negative connotation about it. And you also need to treat people with disabilities like you would any other people, you know, like normal. Because a lot of people with disabilities are amazing and they deserve to be on the screen. They deserve to share their story, to be heard, to, you know, have that. And that resistance, it feels like it's my responsibility to push through it, you know. And I feel like it's people like you who continue to educate and help get through to people. It gives us within the deaf community the opportunity to breathe. And I know that's a lot of responsibility on you. And I'm wondering, does that affect you as an actor sometime on set when you have to really put on two different hats? And I mean, for your mental health, how do you try to manage both being an actor and also trying to educate and help and support your community? Yeah, it's definitely a lot of energy. And I'm going to say it again, a lot of energy. But I mean... I think it's really important to enjoy my time on set, you know, while doing those roles without being drained, you know, it's important to conserve that energy for the actual acting part of the job. Instead of thinking about, oh my God, this person said this, it offended me. I can't think about both of those things at the same time. So I really have to play the character. And then afterwards, once we have a cut, 
you know, we have the director telling us that we have a line change or we have this. And let's say that there's no ASL consultant on set or the consultant is hearing. You're like, what am I supposed to do in that situation? How am I supposed to break the ice, the awkwardness of the situation without hurting somebody's feelings? And it feels like I'm responsible also because the deaf community is watching. <laughs> They're going to tell me, why didn't you do something? Why did you stay quiet? Why did you accept that? But I know I'm supposed to be blunt and I'm supposed to do something. So it really is a lot of energy. And also to find the time in between like our scenes on set, things run so quickly. Things are going so fast. And sometimes you, I need to ask, Hey, I need five minutes with the director to talk about this. And in five quick minutes, I need to explain something. And it's honestly pretty difficult. It's genuinely a challenge. And then in the end, it doesn't matter how it's cut, how it's edited, you know, the movie, TV show, whatever it is. The deaf community always kind of finds something, <laughs> you know, maybe there's a fly in the scene or, oh, you know, God forbid. Yep. <laughs> but I'm always kind of just thinking, you have no idea what it's like on set. Alone, you know, to be alone on set. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Gosh, it's yeah. But really, I think it's important to think about what it's like in my shoes. So, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> So have you ever gotten a role and once you understood more about the role, you felt hesitant about taking it on because of the responsibility of representing the deaf community and how that role is conflicting? Or do you go ahead and just take the role because it's your job? You know, every time I have a role that sometimes it doesn't really match up with my idea of who the character is or maybe who I am, I feel like I need to have a discussion with the director. It's something that I need to do. I think that we need to come to a compromise. You know, hopefully they're willing. I'll take anything really because any little change that they would do is better than nothing. And I'm always grateful. And I know that typically the writer's room, you know, is full of just white hearing individuals and there's hardly any diversity. And I'll straight up ask them like, hey, do you have writers of color, writers with disabilities? And it's typically a no for an answer. <laughs> and I really think that it's important to have you know, more diverse writers so that there are more stories to be told. You know, they, they say that they have open hiring, but do they really? So I try to get the writers to think outside of the box. But really, I want to emphasize that you need to be your own voice. You have the power to voice your own opinion, your thoughts, your feelings with the director, with the writers, with everybody on the set, really. And I think that's important. Beautiful. That's awesome. I also want to mention that you and your family are from Puerto Rico, so you are Latina. And I'm wondering, how do you feel about representing your Latinx community along with the deaf community? If we're talking about the deaf community within Hollywood, I'm going to tell you, unfortunately, I haven't really found Latinx or Latina actors. There's a small sliver of us, and it feels really isolating. It's really hard to relate with, you know, other co-stars a lot of the time. And here in Los Angeles, I mean, there's not a lot of people from Puerto Rico, not a lot of Puerto Ricans. But I always have wanted to see a role where I feel like I'm represented and I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that role where I can really just play myself. And I get the, you know, the comment that I'm white passing, that I can pass for a white role. And it feels so weird because I'm like, yeah, but. I don't want to do that. It's kind of kind of a sticky feeling. 
Yes, I feel very similar. And it's interesting because you said that you can quote unquote pass for a white person. So I'm half Latina, half white. So sometimes I see a role for a Latina character and I do question myself and I am Argentinian. Yes, but I'm also white. So is it okay for me to take on that role? And my dad reminded me and said, Sarah, you are Latina. Be proud of your heritage. And I was like, okay, but I totally understand that feeling of insecurity inside as well. Right. And it's interesting because a lot of people don't realize that Latinx individuals aren't all dark-skinned. We come in a variety of shades. Some people are blonde. Some people have blue eyes. Some people have brown eyes. And then it ranges, you know, some people have really like dark skin. There's so many different beautiful complexions within that spectrum. And I don't think that people realize that you only see dark-skinned Latinx individuals represented on television. I think it's really important to provide that shade range, I guess. (laughs) Because really, we're a diverse bunch of people, and it's beautiful. And I want to push towards more of a balance of representation. You mentioned that we need more diversity, especially in the entertainment industry. I just started getting involved in it, and I do see how it really is not diverse, especially behind the scenes. So I'm curious, what's your perspective on how we start and take that first step to make that happen and make that place more diverse? What's our responsibility as a deaf community and what's their responsibility as hearing people within the entertainment industry? I think it's important to talk with the executive producer, honestly, and give them, you know, some info, ask them bluntly, hey, are there people with disabilities that are working here, people of color, and they'll typically say that, you know, they have open hiring and that nobody turns in resumes. But really, we have these unions, right? The writers union, the writer guilds. They're trying to start these small little groups of writers with disabilities, but that's not diversity. Because a lot of those people in those groups are also just, they're white. My question is, like, is it tough to pay them? Like, what are the different factors, right? As to why it's so difficult. But I really think that it's important for people that want to get into this industry to just go for it. Don't be afraid to pay those dues. You're really investing in yourself and it'll, it'll benefit you in the future. You can go ahead and send those scripts, you know, write those letters to those, uh, to those writers, right? Let them know who you are, send information to individuals about yourself, right? Get creative, send them your resume, talk to them about yourself, just do it. Right. Right. This is a very social media-esque world that we live in. And I think it's interesting that people are still afraid to reach out. You know, they might be busy. They might be doing their own thing, these writers, producers, but send them your stuff, send them your headshots, send them your scripts, all of these things, all of your work. Because I know that it works for people. I've heard firsthand that it does. You need to be loud. You can't be quiet. It's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. So I'm wondering, out of your entire career, of all the parts that you've played, which of those roles made you feel the best as an actor? Which character are you the most proud of and why? Um, that's a great question. Um, I want to say that it was... Hmm. Okay, I can think of one. I can think of one that was really fun. It was a great experience that I'm super proud of. It was when I was on the TV show Grimm. Yeah, it was really cool. And mind you, it wasn't about me being deaf. Like I didn't play a deaf character. I played a girl. You know, I played a mermaid actually. And yeah, we didn't 
discuss my deafness whatsoever. It was actiony and it didn't require dialogue really or signing or anything. It was just cool because even the the cast kind of forgot that I was deaf. You know, I showed up, I got into makeup, got going, and that's when, you know, people realized that I was, but it was really nice to just be in my own zone, to be myself, to just have some fun. There was no negativity attached to any of this. I was able to play the role. I was a mermaid and that wasn't about me being deaf. That's it. And it was, oh my gosh, it was so nice to finally have a job where I was able to let go in that moment and to just play that character. I was a mermaid and I wasn't a woman or a deaf woman or a deaf Latinx woman. Like it was great to have that experience. It was so nice. And once that was done, I forgot that I was me for a second. It was cool. <laughs> Amazing. Really, in That's that moment, the best. I genuinely forgot for a moment. Like I was able to let go and it was so nice. And I really wish that every deaf actor had the opportunity to experience that. What it was like to be someone else really other than, you know, your own identity. And that was just, that was such a nice experience. It was so much fun. It, wow. That's really powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was so nice. I love that idea of just being a character and focusing on that character. It's not just about being deaf. Again, I, I wish that was more normal, that feeling. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it's amazing that you had that experience and now you've already experienced that and you want more of that. And how do we continue to get to that point where all people with any kind of disabilities can just be a character? Mm-hmm. Oh, so beautiful. And honestly, that experience for me really helped me understand why hearing actors are so willing to just put on a character to just immerse themselves into these different roles. But a lot of the time, they usually confuse like these boundaries. They cross them, right? Where these deaf roles should be played by deaf characters and these characters with disabilities should be played by actors with disabilities. They have trouble understanding what roles they could take without offending anyone. And it's easy to get lost, I suppose. We just have to remind them like, hey, let the deaf characters be played by deaf people and so-and-so. But I under... I can see the hearing perspective where they think it's different, right? They think that it's art, that they're not doing something wrong. So it's interesting. Amazing. That's very powerful. It makes me wonder, other roles where you have played a deaf character, clearly, communicating with hearing people who have no knowledge of deaf culture or language, how do you feel? Do you feel a burden of having to educate them? Or do you just play the character, do your part, and just let everything else take care of itself? Yes. Uh, it's interesting because even before I get onto set, before I meet any of the actors, I always email everyone. I email the first AD, you know, the assistant director, all of that. I let everybody know who I am. I let them know I'm a deaf actress. And that doesn't mean that I want them to treat me differently. I want them to treat me the same. <laughs> I always let them know and I let them know that, you know, if they want to go ahead and communicate with me, we can try so directly, you know, writing back and forth, uh, typing, all of that. There will be an interpreter usually, but I emphasize the how to's, right? The basic level of understanding of deaf culture. But I typically do that beforehand so that finally when we get onto set, it's a smooth transition and it saves time as well because Honestly, I always get that. Hey, can I ask you a dumb question? And then I'll always just let them know that it's totally fine. I'm not judging. I'm never judging. 
And it's nice to be able to have those dialogues of open conversation, right? So that we can establish those relationships that who knows how they're going to pan out later in the future. And honestly, I've kept in touch with some cast members because of that. So it's really nice. It's really important to have these relationships because we're working together. And they'll look so much better on the screen. You know, it's not awkward. There's not this animosity, this I don't know you. There's chemistry. Because if there's no chemistry on the screen, there's no magic, really. Yeah. And you are really paving the way for a lot of people in the deaf community who want to be a part of the entertainment industry by showing how you conduct yourself. And it's really amazing and inspiring, especially for me as an actor. I really take a lot of the things you said to heart and how I want to proceed as an actor and how I want to represent myself and my community. So thank you so much for all your advice. And I'm wondering for your future, what are your goals and what do you hope to achieve in your career as an actor? Well, hopefully the work that I've done so far and the work that I will continue to do with my cast and crew, be it educating them, you know, giving them my feedback, my opinion, all of those things. I hope that they can take that with them and use it in a positive way when they work with other deaf individuals, that there's less miscommunication, that we're able to learn from each other. And at the same time, we can normalize how we interact with one another, because really, we need to work on inclusion and, you know, diversifying the field. They won't look at them as different or the other. It's all just normal. And honestly, uh, we should have more roles for, you know, deaf actors and more roles for actors with disabilities so that we can normalize seeing them on the screen over and over, right? Because right now when we're watching TV, we see a deaf actor, we're like, oh my God, a deaf person, wow. It's not normal that we feel that way and it's not okay. Deaf individuals, people with disabilities have been here for a really long time and we should really balance out that representation and deaf actors should play those deaf roles and we should make that a norm. So what would your advice be for hearing people within the entertainment industry who want to work with deaf individuals? Yeah, well, it's funny, actually, because I was recently asked this question. Uh, But I would say that if you're interested in working with us and you're a hearing person, that's awesome. That's awesome. But I want to say, don't be intimidated. You know, don't be intimidated by us. Don't be intimidated by deaf actors, because really, we're excited to work with you. and. I would recommend, honestly, learning about deaf culture, deaf history, maybe learn basic American Sign Language, so that you're able to find a network and communicate with individuals. You can go ahead once, you know, COVID settles and we have deaf events once again, you can go to those so that you can start learning from people, keep reading, ask questions. You can contact me on Instagram and follow my account. There's a lot of different accounts that you can follow, that you can learn from. And really just networking and also having those collaborations with deaf writers or deaf directors or filmmakers. Facebook has groups that you can make to have those conversations and those doors could open a bunch of opportunities maybe. So yeah, like there's a whole world and it's so big and I know it's overwhelming because people don't really know where to start, right? People don't know where to look, but I'm just here to let you know these small little doors that you find can honestly lead to such big opportunities. I think you'll be interested in what you find, which I think is really cool. And I know that people think that they have no idea where we are, right? But if you find that small door and you go ahead and open it, yes, our community's small, but 
we're right here, world. We're right here. Right. And it's just by having conversations, it makes a huge difference. And just sharing experiences and stories, they're going to remember that one deaf person that they met. And in the future, when they want to work with them, they're going to remember that conversation that they had. And this is why we have this podcast to just have this dialogue and to show there is a deaf community out there who have a lot to contribute to the entertainment industry. We just need to find that beautiful bridge to collaborate together. Yeah. And unfortunately, I've heard pretty often from hearing cast and crew that they feel as though that the deaf community isn't as willing and open and welcoming when they make a mistake, right? And I feel like people need to realize that this is for a variety of reasons. Maybe that deaf person had a terrible experience in the past with a filmmaker. Maybe somebody stole their ideas or there's been some sort of like miscommunication somewhere. But I want to tell you that doesn't mean that your experience is always going to be the same. We all misunderstand each other at some point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not always going to be the same. And sometimes you'll meet people where the chemistry is amazing and working together is awesome. But you're going to continue to meet people. You can't stop once you meet somebody that you don't really jive with. Continue to network. Continue to work. Have an open mind and open heart. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Uh. So in the future, do you have any exciting projects happening that you want to let our audience know about? Yeah. Well, it's been a long project and it's because of coronavirus that things slowed down. But now that things are starting to look up, we'll finally be able to release it sometime soon. I'm trying not to have high hopes. Uh, We just recently wrapped the film. We filmed in New York City. So hopefully next year we'll be releasing it. And I'm so excited. (laughs) So where can our listeners find you on social media to get all the inside scoop? Yeah. If they want, they can go ahead and follow me on Instagram. You can find me over at Stephanie Nogueras. Uh, That's my just full name. It's easy to remember. And I'll post when the time comes soon about that movie, hopefully. We will have all of our listeners that follow you because you're an amazing actor. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so cool to be able to give you my perspective, you know, open up my mind and just a little like peek inside, realize, wow, that's what I went through. Right. And to show that every deaf individual is different. Their strategy of being a part of the entertainment industry is different. Everyone perceives and sees a deaf person on TV differently. And none of them are the same. And again, it starts by this dialogue that we're having to understand and see where they're coming from. Yeah, definitely. I really think that what has helped me really is the fact that I'm an ASL teacher. I think that it genuinely helped me know how to teach, how to have these conversations because if I wasn't a teacher I probably wouldn't know how to have these conversations how to be so patient with the experience of being a teacher I've been able to use that as a tool in my conversations you know being patient and positive and understanding that typically people don't mean to hurt us and that's helped me build you know these better stronger relationships and it really opens up the door for other it's those small little things that make all the difference And for me, as a deaf individual, I know how much patience you have because every day what we go through is a lot. And the fact that you have a lot of patience and are willing to educate them is amazing. That takes a whole nother level of responsibility as an actor. So I really tip my hat off to you and I thank you for what you are doing for our community. Yeah. Yeah. No, same with the both of you. Carly, you're a deaf person from a deaf family. And Sarah, you're a deaf person from a hearing family. But Look at you both. Opposite 
upbringings, but here you are together. This beautiful best friendship that is a great example of hashtag friendship goals (laughs) for everybody else. And I genuinely think it's a beautiful example of the world out there, like what we have. Uh Well, thank you again for being open-minded and opening up your heart and talking about your journey as an actor within the entertainment industry and your life. We really appreciate having you on this episode. Our audience will learn so much from you. So continue to pave the way for the deaf community as well. So just thank you for your time and all that you've done so far. No, thank you. I really appreciate you both. And thank you so much for having me here today. I'm super excited to continue watching, you know, with wine or coffee like I normally do. (laughs) And for our listeners, if you have any curious questions or you want to connect with Stephanie, you can go ahead and email us at questions at whatthedeaf.com. And follow us on Instagram at whatthedeaf and also follow Stephanie's Instagram. And we'll see everyone next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. We would like to thank dpan.tv and their services at aslcaptions.com for making the transcripts and captions of this podcast accessible for everyone. If you're looking for captioning or transcript services, they do amazing work.